0: Welcome to Mentally Stronger, the show that will help you develop the mental strength you need to reach your greatest potential, no matter what life throws your way. I'm Amy Morin, psychotherapist, mental strength trainer, and an international best-selling author of five books on mental strength. You're listening to The Friday Fix. Every Friday, I share a mental strength strategy that can fix the thoughts, feelings, and actions that can hold you back in life. And the fun part is, We record the show from a sailboat in the Florida Keys. Don't forget to subscribe to us on your favorite platform so that you can get mental strength tips delivered to you every single week. Make sure to stick around until the end of the episode for the question of the week. This week's question is about dealing with family members after a long-standing disagreement. And if you have a question you'd like answered by a therapist, send me your question and maybe I'll answer it on the show. You can find the email address in the show notes. Now, let's dive in today's episode. Do you ever look back on a decision you made and wonder, what on earth was I thinking? Do your emotions sometimes convince you to make bad decisions? Do you struggle to see how your emotions affect your decision making? If you answered yes to any of those questions, this episode is for you. Our emotions affect every decision that we make. But no one ever teaches us how to factor our emotions into the equation. And it's important to know your emotions affect your judgment. And I'm not sure why we're not taught this in school. Literally, every decision you make involves your feelings. And your feelings can easily lead you astray. If you look back on some bad decisions that you've made in life, you can probably pinpoint a specific emotion that was driving the decision. If you dated somebody who treated you terribly, maybe it was love and emotion and passion that got in the way. Or if you wasted a lot of money on a bad investment, maybe it was your pride that kept you from quitting. Because your feelings can normally cause you to do things that you wouldn't normally do. And the more intense your emotions are, the more your judgment might be clouded. We make our best decisions when we achieve a careful balance between emotions and logic. When your emotions run too high, your logic's going to be low, which leads to irrational decisions. In a minute, I'll explain how to recognize how your feelings are affecting your judgment. But first, I want to share some concrete examples about what the research says about four specific emotions and the effect that they have on your decisions. Number one, excitement causes you to overestimate your chances of success. I once worked with this woman in my therapy office who was extremely intelligent and she had a good job, but she ended up in therapy because she'd gone broke. She'd made a really bad investment at some point and she lost almost everything that she had. And she wanted to know, how could I be so stupid? The answer... She was excited about the investment opportunity. And even though a lot of other people had warned her that it was too good to be true, she didn't believe them because she was so excited about it that she didn't see the potential downside. Research shows that that can happen to all of us. When we're really excited about something, we overlook the risk and assume things are going to turn out fine. That's why casinos employ bright lights and there are lots of loud noises because they want you to feel excited. The more excited you feel, the more likely you are to spend large amounts of money. So keep that in mind. The more excited you feel, the less likely you are to recognize the downside of an opportunity. Number two, anxiety will cause you to play it safe. When you feel anxious about something, you're less likely to take a risk. But here's the interesting thing specifically about anxiety. Anxiety spills over from one area of your life and affects the rest of your life. So if you're anxious about something in your personal life, like maybe you're worried about your relationship, it can cause you to feel anxious about your business decisions as well. Even though the situations are completely unrelated, research shows that you'll have trouble separating the two. So you're more likely to turn down opportunities when you feel anxious even if your anxiety is about something completely different. Number three, feelings of sadness will cause you to settle. Never negotiate when you're sad. If you're sad, you might not ask for what you want because you'll fear that you can't handle the sting of rejection. Research shows that you're likely to set your goals pretty low when you feel sad. In one study in particular, researchers asked participants to sell a whole bunch of different objects. Participants who felt sad set their prices lower than people who felt fine. And researchers suspected that because people felt sad, they were hoping that, yeah, if I set my price low and somebody buys it, that will somehow improve my mood. So remember that. Never ask for a raise. Never negotiate. Never try to sell anything when you're feeling down. And number four, feelings of anger and embarrassment will lead you to take a long shot. Any intense emotion can lead to a rash decision and anger and embarrassment might particularly make you more vulnerable to high-risk, low-payoff choices. Researchers suspect that intense, uncomfortable emotions make it tough to regulate how we feel. Of course, when you're feeling really emotional too, your risks might be self-destructive. And when your big risks don't pay off, your anger and embarrassment intensify. One of my former therapy clients learned that his girlfriend was cheating on him, and she happened to be cheating with a pretty high profile person in the community. So my client was really embarrassed. Within a few weeks, he bought a restaurant, even though he knew nothing about the restaurant industry. And later when he looked back at the situation, he was able to connect the dots. He said, you know, I was really angry. I felt really embarrassed. And I took this impulsive risk in my business, something I wouldn't normally do. And by the way, the restaurant didn't work out because he didn't have any experience. And it was certainly an impulsive choice. And these things aren't just with big stuff though. Like you might be embarrassed about something that happened during your workday only to find yourself doing something a little out of character that evening. Or you might be angry with the situation at home only to find that you're more impulsive with your spending. Okay, so those are just four examples of the ways in which specific emotions affect our decisions. But fortunately, there are steps you can take to prevent your emotions from screwing up your decisions. Number one, acknowledge how you feel. Back in episode number five, we talked about how just labeling an uncomfortable feeling takes a lot of the sting out of it. If you haven't listened to that episode yet, I highly recommend that you go back and check it out. In that show, I talk about how to put a name to what you're feeling, but I know identifying your feelings is tough sometimes. If I were to ask you right now, how are you feeling? Can you put a name to it? It's tough, right? Like you might not feel 100% sad or completely happy. You might be a little nervous and somewhat hopeful or kind of sad about something that happened yesterday, and somewhat happy about something you're hoping will happen tomorrow. And that's life. We're a mixture of feelings, and those feelings often feel jumbled or even contradictory. And sometimes the intense feelings sort of drown out the other emotions. Like if you're really worried about something, you might not feel sad about something else anymore. But if you don't recognize your feelings, it's easy to let your emotions screw up your decisions. We know that when you feel any intense emotion, your IQ literally drops. So if somebody gave you an IQ test when you're feeling really angry, you would score worse. So just recognizing how am I feeling right now can help, which brings us to number two. Decide if your feeling is a friend or an enemy right now. People tend to think that emotions are either positive or negative. So somebody might say, well, um, anxiety is a bad emotion, but excitement is a good emotion. But no emotion is either all good or all bad. And any emotion has the power to cause you to make a poor decision sometimes. So like we talked about before with excitement, it's good if you're looking forward to your next vacation and you're really excited about what you're going to do on your trip. But it's not helpful when you get offered a get rich quick scheme and your excitement causes you to assume that you can't possibly lose. Do you want to get high quality meat delivered straight to your house? or in my case, a sailboat, try ButcherBox. It saves me time and money. And if you order right now, Mentally Stronger listeners can get steak, chicken, or salmon free in every single order for an entire year. I love that ButcherBox offers grass-fed beef, free-range organic chicken, and wild-caught seafood. There are no antibiotics or added hormones. They even offer vegetarian options. ButcherBox lets you decide how often you want deliveries, and you can pick a curated plan or you could completely customize your box. Sign up at ButcherBox.com Stronger and get our special deal. ButcherBox is offering our listeners a free-for-a-year offer plus an additional $20 off. Choose salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips free in every order for a year. Sign up today at ButcherBox.com Stronger and use code STRONGER to choose your free-for-a-year offer Plus, get $20 off your first order. This is the first time in my life when I haven't had a pet. Up until two years ago, I had Jackson, a 19-year-old Himalayan cat, and Fiona, a 17-year-old English Springer Spaniel. Both of them lived on the sailboat and adjusted pretty well to life on the water. I miss them, and I look forward to getting another pet when the time is right. Today's episode is sponsored by the ASPCA Pet Health Insurance Programme. Your pet is part of the family, and you want the best for them no matter what. But vet bills can really add up. That's why you should check out pet insurance. And with ASPCA Pet Health Insurance, you can focus on the care your pet deserves and cover what matters most. The ASPCA Pet Health Insurance Program offers customizable accident and illness plans, making it easier for pet parents like you to help your pet get the care they may need. It's simple. Use their app to submit a claim and you'll receive reimbursement for eligible vet bills directly into your bank account. To explore coverage, visit ASPCAPetInsurance.com slash stronger. That's ASPCAPetInsurance.com slash stronger. Again, that's ASPCAPetInsurance.com slash stronger. This is a paid advertisement. Insurance is underwritten by either Independence American Insurance Company or United States Fire Insurance Company and produced by PTZ insurance agency, LIM. Or back to anxiety. Anxiety is meant to keep you safe. So if somebody suggests a really bad idea, your anxiety is supposed to kick in and say, hey, don't do that. But on the other hand, a lot of us have faulty alarm systems and we feel really anxious even when it's not a life or death situation. But stop and ask yourself, how am I feeling right now? And then is it a friend or an enemy? What's its purpose? And if it's helpful, embrace it. But if it's not, you have some options. Like, let's say you're really angry about something and you know that if you're not careful, you're going to say something mean that you later regret. Well, maybe you walk away or you end the conversation for now so that you can at least calm down. Because if you don't, your anger might convince you to say something really mean. So just doing something different, like walking away or taking a break can help. And you can't always change your feelings though. Sometimes it's just about reducing the intensity of them. And other times it's just about being aware of them. Like if you know you're really anxious, then just recognize, okay, I feel really anxious. So my tendency today is going to be to play it safe. And just acknowledging that might help you remember that you don't have to say no to an opportunity that comes your way. If your boss says, hey, do you want to try this new thing? and you know that you're anxious about something at home, just connecting the dots can help you say, eh, all right, maybe I'll try this even though I'm kind of anxious about it. And then number three is raise your logic. When your emotions are intense, they'll affect your decisions. So you can work on raising your logic to balance out those intense emotions. One of the best ways to raise your logic is to write a list. When you see a list of reasons on paper, it helps your brain sort out the facts from the emotions. So let's say a friend invites you to take part in their new business. If you're really excited about the opportunity, write down the pros and cons of investing. If you're nervous about something else in your life and you know it's spilling over, do the same thing. Write down the pros and cons of getting involved. That might help you see things from a more logical standpoint. And make sure that you don't commit to things when you're feeling really emotional either wait until you feel a little calmer to decide. Sometimes that just means taking a break for 24 hours because a day can really help you see things more clearly sometimes. You can raise your logic and decrease your emotional reaction just by listing those pros and cons for any tough decision. There's something about seeing the facts on paper that can help you think more rationally about your options and really just prevent your emotions from getting the best of you. And we want to do that. We want to incorporate both logic and emotion to any decision that we make. Because life would be really boring if everything we did was 100% logical all the time. Some of the best things about life involve taking a chance because we feel emotional, like falling in love or exploring a new city or just enjoying some art that you're looking at. So it's important to keep both logic and emotion in mind. So those are three ways to keep your emotions from screwing up your decisions. Label your feelings. Decide if those feelings are a friend or an enemy. And when your emotions are an enemy, raise your logic. Okay, now let's get to the question of the week. This question comes from Janet. Janet says, how do you mentally prepare for a family gathering when you have to be around someone who accused you of something you didn't do? My heart races and I dread being around these family members. A relative accused me of saying something in a phone conversation. We were the only witnesses, so naturally, my husband believed me and her husband believed her. The conversation elevated and I was told I was lying. There was no conclusion to this argument. I just shut down when I was yelled at and never defended myself. They truly believed that I said the things I'm accused of, and it seems like they believe they won and life has gone on for them. It's been almost three years, and I cringe and feel anxious whenever I arrive at a family gathering. My stomach's upside down. I fake politeness, but it's not genuine. I try to avoid any kind of physical greeting. I thought by now my mindset would be better and I'd be more confident, but I truly don't want to be around them because of how I feel physically. Is there a mental strategy that I can do when I arrive at a family gathering to make this easier? Fortunately, we only see them two to three times a year. It's just that I can't seem to get out of this loop and feel confident with myself. Oh, Janet, that's a great question. So it sounds like this relative accused you of lying about something years ago. And you've both moved forward in your own way but you really have no desire to see this person, but you do want to attend family gatherings a few times a year. You dread seeing the person and it sounds like you kind of bristle when you have to be near them. So here are a couple strategies I think might work to help you get to where you want to be. The first one is try creating what we call an if-then plan. Like we all do better in life when we know how we're going to handle something ahead of time. So develop an if-then plan about what you'll do, say, if this person tries to hug you or if this person tries to talk to you. Uh, So you might say, if this person tries to greet me with a physical greeting, then I will, and fill in the blank. Your answer might be anything from, I'll step to the side and say, no, thank you. Or you might say, you have a cold. But that probably won't work if you're going to be hugging other relatives. But just coming up with a plan. And if you have a solid plan that you're comfortable with, like, I'm just going to say, no, thank you and make it known that I'm not comfortable. Or you might make it more subtle, but just having a plan can help ease a lot of that dread. So create yourself an if then plan about what it is that you dread and how you're going to handle it. Uh, Another strategy would be to have something to look forward to at the gathering. So if there's a family member that you're excited to see, or maybe somebody that you have an inside joke with, then go ahead and and talk to that person. Do whatever you can to make that day a little bit more fun for you. Or you might decide that you and your immediate family go out for ice cream or go do something really fun afterwards so that day doesn't feel quite so hard. And if you really want to cringe a little less when you see this particular person, you might try to develop some compassion for them. I don't know what runs through your head when you see them, but you might pause and remind yourself that there's somebody out there who loves and cares about this person, whether it's their mother or their partner. But just thinking about that for a second might help you develop a shred of compassion for the person, even though they did call you a liar, so I know this is tough. The point isn't to try and soften your heart so that you'll become best friends again. That's probably not gonna happen, and you don't need it to happen, but instead, maybe it just makes you bristle a little less when you see the person. And I guess my last thought would be maybe create a little mantra that you repeat to yourself. It might be something like, focus on my character, not my reputation, because you can control your character, but you're not responsible for what other people think of you. And it sounds like you're doing a great job focusing on this already, but having a little mantra might help remind you that at the end of the day, you're an honest person, and what others say about you probably speaks more about them than it does you. So whatever your little saying is, just repeat it and remind yourself often whenever you need to. So if your head starts to go to a negative place, just have a little catchphrase on hand that you can repeat as needed. So those are just a few ideas, Janet. Take any of them that sound like they could fit your situation and leave the rest, but I wish you much mental strength at your next family gathering. And thanks for submitting your question. And if you have a question that you want answered on the show, send it to me. I'll put the email address in the show notes. And if you know someone who could benefit from learning about mental strength, share this show with them. Simply sharing a link to this episode could help someone feel better and grow stronger. Do you want free access to my online course? It's called 10 Mental Strength Exercises That Will Help You Reach Your Greatest Potential. To get your free pass, just leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Then send us a screenshot of your review. Our email address is podcast at amymorinlcsw.com and we'll reply with your all access pass to the course. Thank you for hanging out with me today and for listening to the Mentally Stronger podcast. And as always, a big thank you to my show's producer who tries to keep his emotions from screwing up his decisions, Nick Valentine.